Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope you enjoy it. We're just entering a sermon series about what the church is, and this week we're talking about the church as a hospital. Uh, this place is a hospital. Did you know that? And there you were thinking it was a church. Well, it's actually a hospital. And if this place is a hospital, then in some sort of strange kind of alternate universe kind of way, that makes me a nurse. <laughs> and I'll just stop you there before you start picturing me in a nurse's uniform, because you'll go off on a different track. Now, I have spent a fair amount of time myself in dentists and doctors. <laughs> You're still thinking, stop it. <laughs> stop. Uh, dentists, doctors, hospitals in my life, and I suspect you too have spent a fair amount of time in doctors and dentists and hospitals. I can tell you that there is a lot of sick people out there, in fact, all around us. A uh, famous preacher, Spurgeon, once said this, I venture to say that the greatest earthly blessing that God can give to any of us is health, with the exception of sickness. Sickness has frequently been of more use to the saints of God than health has. I wonder how you feel about that. If you disagree, take it up with Spurgeon. You might have to wait until heaven to take it up with him, but take it up with him. You know, I'm totally humbled by the people in our community who are enduring sickness of one form or another. I have a text here. Uh, someone says that they are being changed spiritually as they learn to get through all the emotional stuff that my disease of addiction has been blocking me from growth. Jesus carries me through so that I no longer fall on my face and into the bottle and despair. It's a miracle. That's coming out of our community recovery program that we run here. Uh, yeah, if you're, it's amazing to see lives being touched by Jesus in that way. You know, I reckon right now there's the odd angel kind of whooping and hollering about that fact as well. It is okay if you want to cheer when you think there's something worth cheering. That's just incredible. There are stories galore on our prayer chain. There's a faithful group of people praying for you. If you'd like someone to pray for you, you want to get it out there amongst a group of the saints to pray for you. Send me a message. Send the office a message. We'll get it out on the prayer chain, and there'll be a dozen people or so praying for you. Now, date night at the moment with my wife currently consists of a Bible study on Daniel. Ooh, I know how to treat a lady, you're all thinking. But there's some great stuff coming out of it. And uh, the, the interesting thing is, is that Ro and I are kind of hearing this thing and kind of we're desperate to get to share it with you. Uh, and I've got, I've got the privilege of being able to share this absolute gem. I know Ro wanted to do that. But um, she, the lady who does the Bible study, uh, Beth Moore, uh, she talks about uh, the bit in Daniel about the fire and about how when you can be delivered from the fire, you can be delivered from the fire. You don't even know about the fire, but God has delivered you from the fire and your faith is being built. And there are times that you can be delivered through the fire. You're in a fire right now. Whatever that fire might be, you know exactly what that fire is. Maybe there's a number of fires. Perhaps there's a whole forest fire in your life. But you'll be delivered through the fire, and your faith, God promises, will be refined. And then there will come a time when you will be delivered through the fire and into his arms. And your faith will be perfected. 
And uh, I just want to stop for a moment to pray for someone. Uh, John's, John Robinson, if you know John Robinson, his mum passed away last night. She has been delivered through the fire and into the arms of her saviour. Just take a moment to bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the promise. We thank you for the fire. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you that your promise is that when we reach that final fire in our life, that we will be delivered safely into your arms for all eternity. And we just lift uh, John and all the family to you right now, that they will be comforted by you, Holy Spirit, the great comforter. Thank you that they know, they have a sure, a certain hope that Anne is with you and with her husband for all eternity. Amen. So when we talk about sickness, suddenly we discover that beneath, beneath it all, there is a possibility for something good to come out of that. I don't know what the sickness is that you face, but sickness affects us all, mind, body, soul, more than that, it affects the whole of our lives. And maybe if you just dip back into your Bible again, we'll have a look at uh, Mark 2. Oh. Sorry, my phone's trying to ring someone in my back pocket. <laughs> Is Claire Hopkins in with us? You just got a missed call from me. <laughs> it's all right, there's nothing wrong. Have a look at Levi's problem. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. Is, is Levi's problem that he's blind, or is he lame, or does he have leprosy? Is there something wrong with him in that regard? Is he arrogant, untrustworthy? Is he some sort of hate-filled racist? Well, we don't really know. What we do know is that his problem is that he's a tax collector. He's despised, he's hated, he's outcast for his job. Imagine that. It turns out, you see, that Levi is the parking attendant of our day. There are... <laughs> There are other occupations which I could have mentioned, perhaps bankers, politicians, North Korean or American presidents, but they are despised, hated, outcast. And we sit there, don't we, in judgment on these types of people. <laughs> and I say, you know, civil enforcement officer, parking attendant, and you see a picture of someone slapping a fine on your windscreen and you envisage you slapping something else. You have to come clean at this, this point and admit that we all do that. We make judgments about people. We sit there in judgment of people who aren't like us. And at this point, if you have been walking with Jesus for some time, uh, you will know that we can easily get ourselves into an ickle pickle. There's a famous parable that Jesus tells about the prodigal son. Two brothers, the younger seeking the inheritance of the father, which happens to be the older brother's inheritance in this culture, squanders it on high living, ends up in disgrace, can't face going back to his father, but in the end he does. 
goes back groveling. And as soon as he returns home, the father comes out running to greet his son, forgiving him instantly, even before he's asked for forgiveness. The older brother is not very happy about this, desperate to see his younger brother kept out in the cold. I wonder if you ever see yourself as an older brother. Maybe you don't even realize that you're slipping into an older brother way of thinking. Surely you're thinking this, what we do, isn't for them. It's easy to sit there in judgment of others, to to have a favored group of people you hang out with after church, that you invite around to your house or you invite out for a meal. That's easy. Yeah, we Christians can judge and shut people out with the best of them. We do it to sick people, poor people, jobless people, homeless people, addicted people. People who just aren't like us. Sometimes we recognize, I'm sick, but then we say, but not as sick as these people. And today I just want to talk about a specific illness, which sickness, which affects every single one of us, man, woman, and child. Older brother, younger brother, you, me, everybody, a sickness that no one can escape. I don't know if you do much reading around the Christian faith, but there's a guy called John Ortberg. If you've ever read some of his books, I'm sure you'll be nodding in agreement. If you haven't, do pick yourself up one or come and borrow one from me. One of his books, he describes items that are as is. As is. And uh, it's like you buy stuff from a factory outlet or your next second shop, or a charity shop, or off eBay. You find that there's a flaw here, a bit of stitching that's irregular, some scratches on it. You're quite clearly told that you are buying this item as seen. No returns, no refunds. If you want perfection, if uh, you're in the wrong shop, you're down the wrong aisle. Well, I just want you to listen up this morning, because everyone, every one of us comes with an as-is tag. Every one of us has a flaw here or there. Everyone say, I am as is. And this kind of sickness comes in different guises. See, we can be really gifted speakers for God in public, but be unloving husbands and fathers at home. We can fast and pray as spiritual disciplines for years, yet constantly be critical of others. We can be outwardly cooperative at church meetings, but unconsciously try to undermine or defeat our boss by turning up late, withdrawing or becoming apathetic. We can read our scriptures daily and still be unaware of our anger, displacing it on others. This is the kind of sickness that we all suffer from. And this kind of sickness requires healing. So if this is a hospital, and I may be a nurse... What else, apart from the great doctor, Jesus, and the nurses, does this place need? Patience. Patience. We need patience. One of the most difficult and painful tasks for us as humans is that we too belong in the as-is department. Along with everyone else, everyone is as-is. Those of us here in this building are those folk that are walking along the street right now. And it would be far easier for me to sit here this morning and say, not me, I'm all right. It's everyone else who needs a doctor. 
You know, but I can't, because every week you get to see that I am a big fat as is. The really good news for you and for me is that the goal is not perfection. It can't be. Only one person who ever lived was perfect. It is not necessary to be perfect, to be loving. The goal is to love. The goal is to love. Were it not for my own imperfections and the imperfections of those around us, I think love would be impossible. We were built to love. And the church is the perfect place for imperfect people. You may have heard that before. The church is the perfect place for imperfect people. If you find a perfect church, heads up, when you join it, you'll ruin it. (laughs) When we continue to give to others from love, from a place of love, despite their warts and flaws and as-is tags, then love is becoming something real in our community. And that's happening over lunch on a Wednesday at our community recovery program through the Football Fund on Kennington Estate, our kids and youth work, our community food bank, and lots of other work that we do. Everyone is as is. Even people in the Bible had an as-is tag. If you've not read your Bible before, here's some of the characters that you're rubbing shoulders with. Moses, Moses, he was a murderer. Jacob, Jacob, he was a cheater. Peter, he had a temper. David, he had an affair. Noah, he got drunk. Paul, he was a murderer. Gideon, he was insecure. Miriam, she was a gossiper. Martha, she was a warrior. Thomas, he was a doubter. Sarah, she was impatient. Cain, he killed Abel. Rahab, she was a prostitute. Lazarus, he was dead. All right, that's more was, is than as, is, but. You know, from the time of Adam in the Garden of Eden, we have fallen short of God's glory. Some of us are just a little bit better at hiding it than others. This place is a place for you to be real. Take off the mask. Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The first stage on your road to recovery is to recognize that you carry an as-is tag and that you need healing. The first stage on the recovery for our community recovery group is to recognize that they have a problem and they need healing. So how do we get ourselves out of this malaise, this illness, this sickness? Oh, what is the answer? Of course, you know what the answer is. This place is a hospital, but it's also a church. And you need a doctor. Doctor who? (laughs) Doctor Jesus. Back into the passage, verse 14. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. What does Jesus do? What does he do for Levi? Read it in the text. What does he do? He just calls him. 
He calls Levi by name. He calls the sick by name. He calls the broken by name. And he calls them to be healed, to be healthy, to be whole, to be saved. Levi's problem, his sickness, is cured by his calling by Jesus. Jesus came for the poor, the brokenhearted, the meek, the lowly, the tired, the jobless, the addicted, the sick, the dot, 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 put yourself in the sentence. If you want to have a look in your Bible at Psalm 62, it says this, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My salvation and my honor depend on God. I could have chosen any number of psalms because many of them point towards a God who provides the answer when we realize things aren't as they should be. They point to a God who recognizes our sickness and does something about it. Uh, many of you in your responses, or not many of you, a few of you in your responses uh, about uh, our services, our survey questionnaire that you, you filled in, said that you'd like to go deeper into your Bible. Well, here's a, a minute or two for you to go deeper into your Bible. The New Testament word, Greek word for salvation is sozo. Let's have that up on the screen, sozo. Everyone say sozo. Sozo. Now you all know a bit of Greek, right? It's ancient Greek, however, so it's absolutely no use in the taverna on holiday. You ask for a taramasalata and a sozo, and the waiter is not going to know what you're talking about. But the Greek word sozo, which we readily translate from the scriptures to mean salvation, also means healed and delivered. The writings indicate that sozo means salvation in terms of making one whole and complete, spiritually, mentally, physically, holistically is the word that we use in today's society. All three of them, all of the time, saved, healed, delivered. You see the word sozo? You want to go deeper in your Bibles? Sozo. Go to your Greek, go to your Hebrew, and look up what the word means. Saved, healed, delivered. Challenge for those of you who want to go deeper into your Bibles. A few scriptures. Those who had seen it reported to them how the man who was demon-possessed had been made sozo, well, delivered. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Take courage, daughter. Your faith has made you well, sozo. At once the woman was made well, sozo, healing, Matthew 9, 22. And those who had seen it reported to them how the man who was demon-possessed had been made well, sozo, deliverance, Luke 8, 36. So if you've been sozoed, that's a made-up word, by the way, if you've been sozoed, then you've been saved, healed, delivered. Have you been sozoed? Have you been sozoed? I see a few of you nodding yes. Okay, that's good for you to know. Now, back in the day, they did see Jesus as some kind of doctor. Remember, not all of them at this point had sussed that he was the Son of God. And maybe not all of you at this point have sussed that he is the Son of God. Jesus came and brought them life, life in all its fullness. And he comes now to bring us life, life in its fullness, completeness, holistically. He went around then healing people by the power of his spirit, not just of their physical ailments, but people like Levi, who were hated and outcast because of the work that they did. And he goes around today healing people by the power of his Holy Spirit. 
and he's right here now healing people even as we worship as I speak by the power of his spirit. If only our politicians would pick up Jesus' Nazareth manifesto, that's what it's uh, widely known as, in Isaiah 61.1. He says, uh, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He doesn't say it in Isaiah. He says it later on. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the, for the prisoners. That's what Jesus came to do. And if that's Jesus' vision of the kingdom of God coming, and it is central to our vision to see lives radically transformed in the love and power of Jesus, then it seems blatantly obvious that there is no point those of us who are interested in helping others to heal in being surrounded by healthy people. The doctor and his nurses... I'll just give you a moment to take that in. I do believe someone just wall fistled me. The doctor and his... Don't, don't take a photo of it, Claire, and stick it up on our Facebook page or something. The doctor and his nurses must associate with the sick. All right, you can take it down now. Not even I can look at it that long. See, Jesus' actions and words ring out like a bell, a great big gonging bell into today's world, telling us what time is it? It's time for the doctor to see the patients, encouraging us to extend his healing wherever it's needed. You two are nurses. Don't worry, I haven't got a picture of you all mocked up with. But you two nurses, God in his infinite wisdom sends out a search party for the sick. And the search party is me and you. But today, today I just want you to focus. I want you to know that you're all patients. When we, uh, we send out uh, what's happening this weekend, you may get it on a Thursday or a Friday. And if you read it, if you read it, you might have read that this would be a healing service. Now, every service we come to is a healing service. But I believe this morning God wants to heal you, the sick, his patience. And you're the kind of patients who have made their own way to the hospital. It's good to see you. You're the sort of people who know that you're sick and come to get fixed of their own accord. You know that you need fixing. That's why you're here. This place is a hospital. Did you know that? Let's pray together. For more information about St Saviour's, please visit www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk.